0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: Welcome to the Geekiest Show Ever, episode 65. Joining me as always, but from a slightly different location. On the dark side of the moon is Kevin Order. Kevin, how's your week been?
2: Uh, it's been a really hectic one. Uh, work's been keeping me extremely busy. Hence the reason we're recording at an odd time. We're recording on a Monday night at uh eight o'clock. At- well, now that we we can talk about the reason now it's almost 8.30 Eastern. <laughs>
1: oh, haven't we had problems connecting? You know, we started doing video and now we're just looking at our little avatars again because Skype would just keep dropping out, keep dropping out. And, you know, I switched across from my landline connection to the 3G connection on my iPhone, which seems to be holding up. Hopefully it'll hold up throughout the show. But, uh, uh, you know, you've got to love Skype. It's, it's a good free service but boy you just have to hate it when it doesn't work so you know i'd I'd like to actually see them you know now microsoft has it i'd like to see them actually release a a a sort of premium quality skype you know for people that use it for recording purposes like we do that would guarantee uh call connection quality and so forth i you know i don't know if that's even possible um but you'd, you'd assume that they could you know use a a certain set of pipes and a certain cluster of servers to make that a reality
2: well with Microsoft and you use the word cluster that comes to a whole different thing where we're going (laughs) but I, I, I won't go there you know and then the other thing you're thinking about when you're talking about a uh, Skype, I, I have this picture of Steve Ballmer like he did in that famous uh, video on YouTube where he's going, comes out on stage yelling, developers, 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 developers. I hear him going, Skype, 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 <laughs> Skype, Skype. Uh, but I hope he stops sweating because that dude seriously has a sweat problem. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I, I got to say, if I had to get up on stage like that, I'd, I'd probably sweat profusely as well. So, uh, anyway, um, and you know that's that's why I said Kevin's recording on the uh the dark side of the moon because I can't see him and he can't see me so uh yeah a little science joke there if anyone wants to laugh you can if not well you know don't we'll just cry well it's
2: not like, laughing so it's like this at least I know for, in my case I look uh, I'm I get much better looking the darker it gets so <laughs>
1: Never true. Hey, Kevin, you know what? Today is my daughter's sixth birthday and uh, I'm, I'm going to make a cake. Yes, I'm the cook in the household. I love cooking food and, you know, it shows with the size I am. Um, so, but I, I love, you know, taking the time and, and making food that you just cream your duds over. And, um, so I'm, I'm making this beautiful chocolate cake and it, it's, you know, just, it's going to be superb with strawberries and strawberry yogurt. It's just going to be lovely. And, you know, anyway, we were talking about it and I, I said to Gretel last night, did, did you get candles? She was up at the sh- local shops and I said, look, we, we need candles for the cake. And then we got into this whole conversation about how unhygienic the the birthday party blowing out the candles is you know it's like imagine the amount of germs in someone's mouth and you're sending happy birthday to you you know and, and you're really happy and really excited and then they just go you know and they just they blow all these germs all over the cake and then you're so happy that you you just slicing it up. And then you start eating their germs, Oh, you know i'm doing a I'm doing a Sheldon germ a at the moment. It's like <laughs> seriously, I'll cut my little slice and and then you can blow on everyone else's slice
2: oh <laughs> um, so so instead of having your like Sheldon has his bus pants. Are you going to have your uh, birthday cake fork? or I, you know, I don't know what <laughs> you, the you hell. You know what I was, was thinking
1: would... of doing, Kevin? I was thinking of, of putting uh, you know, clear fall over, um, over the cake, putting the candle on top, and then she can blow out the candle on the clear fall. I can take it off, and then it, it won't be contaminated.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a good uh... thing we don't have video this week. If you could see the look on my face. Oh, my God, Mark. <laughs>
1: and and look seriously i love my daughter but you know what what happens is when you go to someone else's party for instance uh you know and it's someone that you don't necessarily know or maybe you don't even really like them but you're dragged there because you have to be there and then they go and they just spray spit all over that cake oh oh (laughs) you know well well, you
2: you know that reminds me you talk about that that reminds me there was a I mean, we all get these this, these jokes and stuff in the email, you know, and, you know, the, don't break this chain. And, of course, we have to educate some of our family members and friends that, no, Bill Gates really isn't tracking every email you send. He's not going to give a nickel back to whoever or whatever.
1: but um he? I put a little footnote in there for him to to just say, thanks for checking. Oh, uh, that's that's
2: good. You, you keep the hope alive there, my friend. Keep the hope alive. <laughs> But there was uh, one that talked about that and one of the – you know, all the different stuff about how the these emails have made people do stuff. And there was one in particular after you talk about the birthday cake it makes me think of. And that is the one where uh, the thing went around about not keeping your toothbrush too close to the toilet and all that stuff. You know how uh, when you flush the toilet, the spray comes out and there's the <laughs> best, oh, yeah. and it gets all over, over your toothbrush. <laughs> you and know, then you, th- Kevin,
1: and, Kevin, we're five minutes in and we're already into the toilet humor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, well, now, see, now I can bring it all back around for our listeners. Though. <laughs> we, you, you, you you have to keep your teeth tooth toothbrush toothbrush in the in the living room is what the 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 brunt of this joke was. But then if our listeners, who are Big Bang Theory fans like you and I are, I think, if you remember right, they tell you... There's one episode where Leonard's talking to... I forget whether it was Penny or who says uh, don't use sheldon's toothbrush it's the one under the ultraviolet light you know to kill yes. all the germs and all <laughs> that stuff so
1: yeah and i've um, also got to brush their teeth at a certain point and it's marked out on the floor and they can't yeah. brush any closer to the mirror for the you know because he doesn't want the splatter patterns to happen and uh, you know well, all, the- all i can say to that is thank god my toilet is in a separate room to the bathroom so <laughs> you know they don't get contaminated thankfully
2: well, you know, he also has the line on the floor where you stand because uh, somebody. Oh, it was when he was dating Rajis's uh, girl uh, sister. Mm-hmm. So what's this line on the floor? He said, "Well, since you're not a guy, you don't have to worry about that. It's where you have to stand to pee." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know
1: what? I'm, I'm not that much of a, a germaphobe and so forth, but yes, the the traditional birthday cake and blowing out of the candles. Yeah, you know, does uh, sort I'm sorry. of, you know. Go the wrong way, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, you know what? We've got some feedback this week uh, from the man who shall remain nameless. And I can't do it as well as he can, of course. Uh, And, you know, we've already taken a listen to it, so we'll just plunk it in the, the show here, and you guys can take a listen to it, and then we'll talk about it afterwards.
0: Hello, geekiest people ever. In case you don't recognize me, it's been a while. I am.
1: He who shall remain nameless.
0: Now... You go on to bash lawyers quite a bit here, Mark, and I just got to tell you, my aunt is a lawyer. She works for the DA, but she's still a lawyer. Not all lawyers are trying to get scumbags off. Not only that, but sometimes lawyers actually are necessary to defend people who are unjustly being prosecuted. It has happened. You know, innocent people have been put to death in this country. Texas probably has the most of them. (laughs) Just a guess. But uh, yeah, it happens. So, I mean, it's part of the system. All right, lawyers do a lot of bad stuff, but then again, look at bankers. Every good thing can be corrupted, and it is. I think our political system is, in theory, a good one, but it's become ineffective and useless in this country where stuff cannot be accomplished because of the, uh, just the way things are. It's corrupt, there's too many outside influences, and money dictates what happens. Now, as far as the movie Moon... I also enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Lots of drama. You do feel the uh, the loneliness, but you also feel the the heartache of a guy who believes that his family is what it was a long time ago for the original guy, and having to deal with that. What do you live for more than anything else? Is your children, and to be have that thrown at you because this guy has all the emotions and memories of the original guy. So I thought that was. Immensely powerful. And it was just a good movie. It was a nice change from, like you said, what we think of as space movies. But there is one thing about this movie that you need to know. (laughs) That's no moon. Anyway, keep up the great work. Please, quit revealing my identity or I will have to get a lawyer of my own. Sayonara from...
1: He who shall remain nameless. Okay, Kevin. So uh, we heard what, you know... uh, what should we call him now? Because he threatened legal action. I'm getting a little bit worried here. And you know what? I knew someone. Someone had to come out and say that they knew a lawyer. Someone had to come out and give us feedback. And it just had to be the man who shall remain nameless.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I would say that I figured somebody would come out as well. Uh, I'm I'm a little surprised that he who shall remain nameless was the one, but... You know how can I be surprised or, or less less surprised that it was him? <laughs> the good thing is though, even though he threatened in his uh, in, or, or uh, insinuated legal action if uh, things didn't change, um, he like much like yourself, and my are, are broke podcasters. So I'm pretty sure unless his uh, relative that is an attorney can do it uh, persona non grata, I think is the appropriate yep. term. Then uh, we're safe, Mark. <sighs> I think we're okay. Oh,
1: thank God. And, uh, seriously, I'm sorry that your relative's a lawyer, (laughs) you you know, it it look insane that Scott did raise a, a lot of good points in, in that little comment and, um, you know, really it comes down to your experiences. And I think that can be said right across every industry and, and every sort of career path that people choose, you know, there's always going to be assholes and idiots. And then there's always going to be people who do the right thing and try to do the best for everyone they're working with and working for. And I think it's just that bad experience that I had once. That's really tarnished my view. And, you know, I agree with him. There are a lot of good lawyers out there, but you know, there's bad people everywhere in this world as, as well. So, uh, you know, if I hadn't have had the bad experience, I probably, you know, I'd may, may have, you know, said the lawyer jokes here and there, but I, I wouldn't have meant them so much, perhaps. <laughs> so uh, but anyway, uh, Scott, well, thanks for the feedback. Uh, we appreciate that.
2: Yeah. And uh, yes, we do. And uh, as far as lawyers go, I'll have to say I've had good and bad experiences both. I think I've had more good than you have. So um, yeah. my current, my current uh legal, or my current attorney has also gotten kind of used to my sense of humor, and he's always very careful not to let any of his new paralegals talk to me until after he's had a discussion with them to let them know what they're getting into (laughs) when they talk to me. I like it. Because I I scared one pretty bad one time. (laughs) And uh, all I got was from the next room, he leaned back and said, Kevin, stop it!
1: (laughs) Because uh, his
2: paralegal
1: got pretty wide-eyed. <laughs> priceless, indeed. Now, listen, while we're on the topic of Scott, I want to promote his new show, which is uh, Not Speeding in Reverse. And uh, he does that with, um, with Peter, who normally does pocket-sized podcasts with him. So it's kind of like pocket-sized podcasts, but it's not tech or Mac-related or iOS-related. It, it's a little bit like Geekiest Show Ever. But it's not. It's not as geeky. It's more broad-range topics. Um, you know, and, and they've, anyway, they, they've just released their first episode. I'm about halfway through it. Really enjoying it so far. You know, in, in the first episode, they talk about, you know, how murderers should be turned over to their, the families of the victims. I concur. And um, how iPhones have mute switches and should be used in movie theaters, their Avenger movies, for the 2D versus 3D... Movies are good and rubbish, you know, similar stuff to what we talk about. So I suppose really, you know, that there's always space for more geek shows. And this is just another one that if you're really into geek and you like this show and, you know, you know, maybe a few people like this show, uh, go go across and check not speed in in reverse. Um, It's not currently on iTunes, but Scott's working on that. Uh, But if you do a a Google search, it comes up straight away. Um, So that's not a problem. So certainly a good show. While we're on the topic of uh, new podcasts for people that we know, um, Julie Kuehl, who has been on Not Another Mac Podcast and and, uh, also been on different shows with you, Kevin, has released Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Um, And uh, she does it with... um, And apologies, I I can't remember the guy's name now, but she does it with another guy who's very deep into sci-fi and into, uh, you know, motorcycles and so forth as well. And they just, they hit it off, they go back and forth. And the basic conception of it is they'll pick a a movie, a book, a TV series, uh, or a concept that's sci-fi in its origins. And then they'll talk about how the sci-fi is then possibly going to make it into reality or has it already made it into reality uh and that's it's just really interesting to hear that the only problem with listening to that show now it's become one of my favorites but they cost me a ton of money because every time they mention something that i don't have it's like "Ooh, i must have that so uh <laughs> but that, that's, hey, a, it's that's about- a, a good show and that one is on itunes at the moment so please uh, go and subscribe to sci-fi tech talk
2: yeah, we need to start costing other people money because uh, there's plenty of shows and uh, people that we know that uh, shows we listen to that cost us money. Uh, our 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 mutual acquaintance, uh, Mister Jeff Gammett, who was on Namp with us what two weeks ago or so, About that. Um, has cost me a few dollars after listening to that. So, <laughs> which is okay. It's it's no problem, Jeff. But you know, it's you, like you I, know, I, I absolutely I
1: really, love the new way that I'm recording Namp now. It's it's no longer. Let's just you know go and discuss rumors and you know what could possibly be released it's it's not structured but it's very much what we're using what we're interested in and really taking the individual people and saying okay i know you're good at security topics i know you're good at creative topics and and sort of working the show around that and then you know giving advice on applications that you can purchase apps you can get on your ios devices And I'm loving it, but yeah, it is costing me a small fortune. We need some advertisers, (laughs) I think, because, you know, every time something's mentioned, I just, I spend a fortune. And, you know, I've traditionally been one who hasn't spent a lot of money. And, you know, know, look, I don't want to bring this to to the Mac too much, but I'll be quite honest, I'm actually not using my Mac very much. You know, I use it to record these shows, and I use it for some post-editing for the writing that I do. But I'm finding that for 90% of the work I do now, which is predominantly writing, uh, I'm actually using the iPad with the um, Apple keyboard. And it's beautiful because I can just concentrate on what I'm writing. When I'm on the, the bigger screen Mac, even though you think, yeah, bigger is better. Most of the time. Not not all the time. Obviously. <laughs> the ladies will tell you that, but, you know, they're wrong. Trust me, bigger is not always better. It's how you use the equipment. And that's that's probably unsubscribed a few
2: people. (laughs) Don't don't go down that road. We'll we'll lose the the two of the three subscribers we have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, what what I I see myself doing is I'm sort of, you know, I've got windows open all over the place. And I have YouTube in one window and then I'll have a a Twitter feed in the other window. And then I'll be trying to write a thousand word Mm -hmm. article and it's like, no, that's, that's just not going to work. And Now that I'm, I'm working for Mac specialist in Chicago and and doing their, uh, blog articles, you know, that's a paid gig. So I've, I've got to make sure that, you know, I I pump out the work consistently and I actually have the quality there and I just, I can't do it on a Mac. It's, um, you know, it's just really, really, really hard. It's just almost impossible to, um, get my thoughts collated on a Mac now. So, uh, Yeah, I might actually buy a new iPad, because the kids keep taking my ones, so...
2: Whoa, 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 back the Freight Train up. You're buying a new iPad. How many times since the iPad current generation, not the iPad 3, I guess is the way you would say it, uh, and folks, pardon us for going down the Apple fanboy route, have you said, oh, there's not enough improvement in it for me to want one. I'm just fine. I can make it work with what I got, and now... Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna call a little BS here. I think you just wanted a new <laughs> idea.
1: <laughs> you know, in, in, in all honesty, there there isn't a lot of um of use going for the new one over the two. You know, if I, if I was strapped for cash I'd just go another two, probably get it refurbished and I'd be quite happy. You know, the the screen obviously is a big thing that I look at, though, um, especially writing and writing consistently for a long period of time. Uh, You do notice a little bit of pixelation in the different text editors on the iPad, too. Um, But it's mainly an, an issue of, you know, when my daughter gets home from school, you know, my son's, you know, holding on to grim life to the iPad one. My daughter gets home from school and she says, Daddy, can I have the iPad? I was like, yeah, there you go. And then I sit there going, okay, what am I going to do now? So, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's not necessarily having to have the new iPad. It's just making sure that I've got one that the kids aren't then playing with. And, you know, also when I'm, I'm doing production work on the iPad, it sort of gets me you know worried that they're going to go into the run application delete something i've been working on and stuff like that so uh you know it's a little bit of peace of mind but it's, it's amazing what you can do on these devices and, and i'm sure any android listeners out there you know would be having ex- you know similar experiences with things that you can actually do um there's very little i actually need my mac for these days and you know three months ago i wouldn't have believed that um But the man who shall remain nameless, uh, you know, he suggested a a ton of great applications that I could use on the iPad to make it more a creation machine. And boy, has that changed my usage pattern, Um, you know. So, yeah, interesting. And, you know.
2: Well, you know, I have to give you kudos. If um, all all kidding aside, if you can make that work, that's a pretty good situation. Because you and I have talked before, both online and offline. I still have an iPad 1. I never got an iPad 2. I've been tempted now to get one out of the refurb store, but I haven't done it. But I I keep thinking I want a MacBook Air because I want a proper keyboard. I want want that functionality. And I think if I got a MacBook Air, I'd get an 11-inch because of the very reason that you're talking about using the iPad is that with an 11-inch screen, I really got to be focused. Yeah, I could have multiple windows open. But at my age and with my eyesight, it's seriously not going to do me any good on an 11-inch screen mm-hmm. to have more than one window open and be running full screen, which is the, the feature in line that we can do now. So,
1: yeah, I'm, so I'm still so hard-pressed. Full pressed. screen does, does work. Um, you know. And look, I did think about the 11-inch. Uh, myself and uh, you know a couple of reasons why perhaps i wouldn't go down that route um tim Tim robertson who does the tech fan and uh you know supplies us with the stoplight network and and so forth that this show is a part of he bought an 11 inch oh maybe nine ten months ago and he absolutely hates it can't type properly just not enjoyable from and and this is he's he's a writer as i am so it's from a, a writer's standpoint that it's just not comfortable to write on. And, you know, neither, neither is the iPad screen either. You know, you, you really need to use that external keyboard. Um, but oh, yes. I'm so used to the external Mac keyboard now that just using that, you know, I, I just type beautifully on it and just really enjoy it. So, um, the, the other big advantage, the iPad's, you know, basically half the price if you go entry level. Um So, your upgrade, you can almost afford to upgrade more frequently, in my opinion, than if you sort of went for the MacBook Air. You'd want the the MacBook Air to last three years at least uh, for the price they are. You know, they're they're affordable, but, you know, I'm not made of money, so I've got to sort of budget this all in. And I look at two gigabytes of RAM. I'm using 12 gigabytes on my iMac, and I look at two gigabytes, unless I got it upgraded to the four, then the four's pushing it out of the kind of finance that i have to just throw away so you know it's a big investment compared with the the ipad which is a smaller investment um and what i find from a a writing standpoint and a a reviewer's standpoint is you know a good 90 percent of the reviews are coming on ios as well so it's all all the development I, i you know i sort of want to say is is coming on these portable platforms and you know we can even contrast this with with the windows world and linux world as well that there's not really any evolution taking place in the desktop scene in my opinion um you know mountain lion will come out later this year sometime and okay it's even more ios-ish but that's not Evolving the Mac system to make it more powerful, that's just taking the features that we all love on the portable machine and, and slapping it on the Mac. Uh, it's not changing the way that professionals and, and high-end you know production people actually work and, and generate content. Um, you know, it's just a consistent borrowing from one technology to the next. And I I'm a big believer at the moment that the future of computing is going to be ios and android and it's just you know picking which camp you want to be in being comfortable with that and then getting the job done and um you know th- there's very little i can't do look even my instructional uh how-to videos uh that i put up on youtube i can record them all in a three you know a week's worth in a, about a three-hour period on you know a weekend for instance then on the iPad I can actually use iMovie and I can edit them down and export them out to uh, to YouTube. It's absolutely amazing the power that we've got in the palm of our hands. It's um so that, that that's really, you know, it, it may be a bit long-winded, <laughs> you know, explaining all no. of that. But it is changing the way I do everything. There's just some wonderful apps out there. Um and I find I can concentrate more. Plus I do like the idea You know, being able to upgrade on on a yearly cycle, keep up with the latest technology. I can't do that with computers. I'm still using a 2009 iMac. And whilst it's still working fine and it's a lovely, beautiful machine, you know, you you do see the new ones and you want a little bit of extra speed, but you look at the price and then you go, oh, you know, what am I going to do, you know, with with this kind of thing? You know, it's just a little bit pricey to be upgrading the computers all the time. Whereas the iPads are more, I guess, throwaway money. You know, if you could class it as as that. They're still expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Even the most expensive model, the 64 gig with the 3G and the Wi-Fi, still comes in less than a uh, MacBook Air. And my opinion now is if it can do 90% of what a MacBook Air can do, yeah, I'll go with the iPad.
2: Um, You know... you're you're really gonna cause me to re-examine my workflow. Damn it! This is gonna <laughs> make this is gonna. I I was set. I knew what I wanted, and now between you and he who shall remain nameless, you screwed me again. Thanks, guys.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> we we loved it. Listen, you know it it really is good. You know, I, I look, I, you know, I, I know that this, this is not really a Mac show, but I'll just explain some of the apps that I'm using. Um, to actually get production work done because it, I, I suppose it's interesting, it's geeky. You know, it's using something that, you know, when it was first released, many people, including, used- my, said, said, including myself, said, oh, you know, it's just for consumption. And it's like, yeah, not anymore. It's really coming of age. Uh, the show, every single show, once we're finished with this show, I'll literally. Dump it into Twisted Wave. So I'll take it off the Mac and dump it into Twisted Wave. Edit it completely on the iPad. Now all I need is for Apple to actually allow the recording from other applications. So allow recording in the the audio in Skype uh, in another application like Twisted Wave, and then the developer to support that. And then I won't need the Mac to to do these calls. I can do it all on the iPad. So that's pretty cool. Uh, then I use pages and IA writer to do all my written work. And, um, you know, what, what I tend to do when I go through the editing process, uh, you know, I, 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 when I'm writing for my Mac, I've got an editor, John Nemo, he, uh, edits all my work. So I don't need to be, you know, as finely detailed when I write for Mac specialist myself or Mac trust, I need to, you know, make sure that my editing is correct. So I of pages or IA writer, I'll print. And at the moment, I'm looking at AirPrint compatible printers because I'm sick of turning on my computer to use Printtopia to print two pages to then edit it. Um, so that, that's uh, something else I'm looking at that should be good. Blogsy to upload, um, you know, to all the different WordPress blogs that I write for. Best little iOS app ever. It's, it's just beautiful. I wish they had it on the Mac uh, because the... WordPress in Safari, WordPress in in Firefox, um, you know, whatever browser you're using, it's not problematic necessarily, but there's just little things that you go, oh, you know, it could be a little bit better, but Blogsy, it's just literally do it, upload it, done. Now, one of the biggest things that always stopped me from actually producing content on the iPad was the inability to resize accurately down to the pixel photographs or screenshots. And um, so Scott recommended Photo Studio HD, and it's like $2.99. And, you know, I bought Pixelmator back when it was $79. Pixelmator is a great... Absolutely brilliant photo uh, editing app on on the Mac. But I don't need necessarily that much power. I need basic crop. I need basic, you know, brightness, contrast, and so forth. And Photo Studio HD for $2.99 is now my choice to actually edit the photos and get the screenshots absolutely perfect for publication. And uh, can't live without that. Uh, To listen to all my shows and everything, I now use Downcast, which syncs over iCloud so that, you know, it can all be up to date on whichever device. I, of course, use Dropbox for syncing, Skype for conferences, as well as FaceTime. And uh, you know what, Kevin? That's, that's pretty much oh, an iMovie, of course, um, to actually do the tutorial videos. Uh, and it, it's all there. You just don't need to go for that fully fledged mac now there's going to be some people who say oh, you know too much trouble or no i do need a full size computer i completely understand that but you know I'm, I'm pushing the limits of what's possible here on a portable system that you know on paper is underpowered in comparison to the max out there at the moment so uh it's just cool that you can do all this stuff where, where it's such a wonderful time in technology uh and and just life that you know, this stuff is absolutely amazing. Um, just it, it's incredible.
2: Well, yeah, I, I, I had like say, I do admire you for being able to do that. And I guess I'm gonna have to re examine my workflow now. I only have an iPad one, so I'm gonna start there. I'm not gonna invest in another iPad until I can see if I can get my workflow, my portable workflow, which because I'm stuck on Windows at work, I need. I want my Mac fix. I need to have the (laughs) Mac relief. Um, And my iPhone fits that bill. And surprisingly enough, I have paired an Apple Bluetooth keyboard with a phone and done a little bit of work that way. Yes, I feel a little.
1: It it, it, it seems strange, but it actually works quite well. And and the retina display uh, just reproduces text beautifully. Um, So, yeah, I've actually done that as well.
2: Yeah, I, I I think I'm going to have to revisit it. I at one time had looked at um, the Logitech makes a keyboard case, a, a keyboard that goes in a case, and then that case, when you take the keyboard out, Bluetooth keyboard out, becomes a stand for your iPad. Nice. So I had fought off the urge to buy that a few months ago, but thanks to you and, again, he who shall remain nameless... It looks like I'm gonna have to buy one of the dang things and put it into my workflow and see how it works because you two are gonna cost me more money. <laughs> but I'm, I I I I, re- I really think that I would love for that to work that way. I would love for that to, if I can get the workflow to where I feel comfortable with it. The one thing that I have trouble and I've used both Android and uh, Apple tablets. I'm I, mm-hmm. again, there's no secret about you and I were both uh, Apple Apple fans. Uh, but the Android tablet, a couple of them at work have the Asus crap. I can't remember what it is where it folds up. The, the it's, Transformer it's, it's not,
1: Prime. I,
2: I that, the, that's Transformer, the one I but want. I don't know if it's the Prime or not, but I have the same trouble with it that I had with that I have with the iPad when I've done where I've tried to work with it as my uh, computer as opposed to it being the. Uh, 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 just a just a tablet device. If I'll find myself working along on the keyboard and I'm doing really good. I'm typing. I'm doing my thing, and I reach. You know, I need to point to something or move the mm-hmm. cursor, and I put my hand down on the desk looking for a trackpad, <laughs> mouse, whatever pointing to it, and I'm not reaching up to the screen. Um, you, you, I, you, you
1: retrain yourself quite quite quickly. It's actually surprising. I've been working this way for maybe the last two weeks. And, um, I now actually find that I come back to the Mac and I go, how do I use this again? i mean, that that sounds really bad, but because I'm spending all day on the iPad, I'm actually thinking, oh, okay, oh, a mouse, (laughs) okay, I've got to actually move it, um, but yeah, it's just sort of retraining the brain almost.
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely need to give it another try, maybe I didn't put enough effort into it, it didn't, it didn't work the last time I tried it, but... You know, I'm game to give anything a try. Hell, I'm a geek. I'll try anything for a little while to see if it improves.
1: That's why I'm doing it, just to see what's possible and then what's not. And, you know, part of it is I'm going to write a complete, you know, probably 5,000-word article on the whole process and what works and what doesn't and and the good and the bad. Um, But ultimately, what it really comes down to, in my opinion, Kevin, is the apps. Uh, You know, Android, you know, iOS, it doesn't matter you get the right apps on your device and that's just going to take you into a totally different world before scott recommended the apps that he did i didn't have the right apps on my device and that was causing problems it was causing me to say you know this shows promise but it's still a consumption device not a creation device so um definitely um you know the the apps are what controls the the uh the portable systems and You know, I just hope that a lot of these app developers, you know, support both Android and iOS so that that allows for people to switch between platforms because right now today, I'm happy with the Apple platforms. In five years time, I may absolutely detest them and not want anything to do with them. It depends what they release and whether the quality is any good. Everybody changes, every company goes through ups and downs. So it would be good to know that, hey, I can, take what i've got here just go across to to android for instance and continue working like nothing's ever stopped
2: yeah that that's true i I, and you know when it comes to the apple stuff too i have to say yesterday i had to do some uh uh work for my paying job um then i and i was using uh my mac here to do it and i was editing in microsoft word i know god forbid but I actually was using the Apple keyboard and, you know, I've heard a lot of people bash the Apple keyboards, but I have to tell you, I absolutely freaking love the Apple keyboards and I have got a crap load of keyboards around this house. Matter of fact, you know, we've talked the last couple of weeks about me selling off some stuff, and mm-hmm. and you even having a little conniption fit over the picture of the little two uh, <laughs> uh, SI. You, you,
1: you had a Mac sitting out on the curb trying to sell it, and I'm going, "Oh, Kevin, Kevin, no, 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 don't do that. Put put it somewhere <laughs> under the house. Both- even it's like, no." <laughs>
2: I'm I'm going to ship it to you down in Australia is what I'm going to do. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, you know um, what I'd, I'd separate it piece by piece and <laughs> it'd <That'd> be cheaper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um but you know it, it I'm I'm a bit of a keyboard freak. I used to love the old IBM real clickety-clack keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um and I know uh Katie Floyd and David Sparks just recently did an episode about gear and they were talking about keyboards and stuff. But I dearly love the Apple keyboard the the chiclet style is I guess the proper term for it. So you if know, I, I did
1: it at first, um, because my first experience of the new style keyboard was on one of those, what I termed a, a crap book. Uh, it was one of the white MacBooks, um, and boy, the amount of people I know who have them, and I had one, oh, what a load of rubbish that was. Um, it was, you know, it was plastic breakage hell, basically. they just poorly made, poorly manufactured, discolored. Yeah, the black ones oldest. were nice, but I wasn't going to spend an extra $200 on the black. So, you know, I suppose my own fault. But um, so the keyboard there, I, I, I wasn't really used to it because I went from the PowerBook G4 and I used to love those keys. You didn't, they, they weren't separated and they kind of merged into each other. So you could sort of slide the fingers across. And if you knew the keyboard well, instead of lifting the finger you'd slide the finger um and i I got really used to that and could type quite well on that keyboard and uh didn't like the new one when it came out but now um i wouldn't want to go back i'm very happy with the new style and really everyone's taken on that new style you look in the windows world and uh all the pc manufacturers are using it too so uh
2: yeah, the a lot of them are mine. The new Dell I just got to uh, work uh, is not does not have that style. It's kind of a hybrid in between the two. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but I mean I Dell. was just flying. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean it's not a bad little machine. It's a, it's got a pretty fast processor. It's beats the heck out of the machine I was using, which was getting some age to it. So I appreciate the new laptop. Mm-hmm. It's nice to boot the thing up in just a matter of a, you know a minute instead of the other one it took forever. But as I was saying, when I was typing in Word, I flew on this keyboard, you know, typing along, typing comments, and doing everything I needed to do for what I was working on. And I, to reproduce that experience is what I would like to do. Be able to do the work that I need to do, but if I can do it in a Mac or an Apple way, I think uh, I'd be happier and more comfortable and so I guess the next thing for me to do is to revisit this whole issue. Um we can I'm going to look at all the apps and probably end up buying most of the ones that you mentioned <laughs> and uh and and you know give give it a go. I probably won't buy iMovie because I well, don't I, see I don't me editing I'm, video. I
1: don't think iMovie works on the original iPad. I may be incorrect No, it
2: then. doesn't. Um no, you're right it doesn't. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and of course the only advantage really of going the iPad two, um, from your perspective, in my opinion would be the additional camera that you could then do video conferencing on. Uh, that's kind of cool. I used that the other day for the very first time I've had the, the iPad two for a year and I've never used a video camera on the front to do a video conference. And I, I did it with you actually, we were having a chat and I was sitting out in the, the, uh, um, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, in, yeah, right. in the main living area. And, um, and you know beautiful quality admittedly you know you were looking out the window and it was a bit too glary but you know the the call quality was there it was absolutely perfect and then i had a, another meeting uh scheduled that day as well and uh used the the ipad as well and i just went you know i i've really not got my use out of the ipad too. it just it's been there as a consumption device and it's only recently that i'm going hey you know wow you can do so much on this so um yeah, it it's definitely the apps. Definitely give it another shot. And you know what? Apparently, Office is coming to iOS later in the year. And there's there's a lot of good Office apps out there. Uh, you know, some are very expensive, but if you need to, you know, access Office or Office Docs and so forth, there's a lot of options out there already. There, there's something else, but I can't remember the name that um you know all, almost creates, it in virtualization um. You know, well,
2: no, there, there, there's, uh, they're, oh god, I've got an account with them too. I know what you're talking about. It lets you run basically Microsoft Office on a but, but little it's, it's, server.
1: Yeah, so it actually runs oh. natively. Um, b- because god, of that. what is that called?
2: I can't remember what it. Yeah, it runs natively. It's really nice the way it works. And that's just driving me crazy that I can't remember the name of it.
1: You know what, we'll figure it Uh, out later and throw it in the show notes. Um, But, you know, there's certainly a lot of options. And I'm sure on, you know, Android side as well, I'm sure that these same applications or similar applications exist. That, you know, you can just get all your work done that you need. And, um, you know, look, another reason um, why I also decided at this point in time, hey, I'll, I'll, you know, take a look at using the iPad full time is I can charge the iPad overnight and then have it last the, the whole next day. And the reason why I bring that up as an issue is because the, the electricity cost of my current plan is a quarter of the price using it during the day. So if I'm sitting in front of my, com- my computer at, at midday, it's using four times more value uh, in energy cost than if I you know was using it at 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, so it's really also helping to reduce that energy cost because Australians have just been slammed with another tax yet again, uh, by a ridiculous government, a carbon tax to supposedly help reduce carbon emissions. All it's doing is putting out bloody energy bills up and, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we're heading into winter, we've got to warm the house, um, and I don't want this surprise bill at the end of the quarter you Know that's going to be several hundred dollars, so um, you know that it, it's also that kind of thing, it, it's much cheaper to run. And If you look at that on a business scale and a big corporate uh, setup, if, if corporations can get into using iPads or Android devices, they're much, much cheaper to operate. If you don't need any more power, then why have a, a desktop unit? Why have a screen? You know, not only is it you know saving energy which then has you know an impact on on nature and the environment but it's also saving the bottom dollar too especially if you're in business if you're in business saving a dollar on every staff member is a valuable thing so um just something about i guess
2: yeah it is and uh, like you said i'm going to revisit the issue i won't promise that i'll have an update anytime real soon but um I'm going to revisit the issue, take a look at it again, take some of the tools that you have mentioned, some of the tools that I had found that work fairly well for me previously and I'll go, I mean one of my big one of my favorite tools uh geek tools that I have is my little MiFi which is a pay as you go MiFi from uh uh Virgin Mobile and um it works fairly well um anywhere in the United States that you have Sprint coverage. Um it's what we used a couple weeks ago when we were doing a uh the Skype calls. I was traveling back on the train, so uh, I won't belabor that. But you know that I would do. I'll, I prefer the MiFi to getting a, a a tablet with 3G or 4G or whatever built into it because I think right now it you know it suits the needs that I would have when I'm on the go. It it certainly worked for us to do the Skype call that we did. Me traveling down the train tracks at like eighty eighty miles an hour, or so. You know, it works just fine for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Plus, you know, you've always got the, you know, it will chew through additional power of your device, um, you know, when you're using 3G data. Um, you, you know, it's one of those things, I love the personal hotspot feature that the iPhone has. The only problem is it just drains the battery power like nothing else. Um yeah, but you know, it, it just drains. It, it's one of those technologies that just requires additional power to get it moving and uh, but look, I'll, I'll be interested to see where you take take this and, and take this thought process and you know what Kevin, in all honesty, I spent less than $30 buying all these apps um, that now is replacing 90% of my Mac usage and um, if, I, if I went out there and, and bought a MacBook Air okay, I already own the apps but you know, if you go to the Mac App Store, for instance, you know, those comparable apps actually cost a bit more than they do on iOS. It's, you know, even by the same developers, you you know, you'll get, I think, IA Writer is, um, you know, $10 or something on, on the Mac App Store, and it's less than half of that on the iOS Store. Uh, you know, obviously, the desktop version has quite a few more features, but, you know, it's going to cost a little bit more to set up as well, so... Anyway, I'm... Um, well, you know,
2: interestingly enough, IA Writer, I think, was just on... Or no, it was Write Room, I think, that was just on sale. Yeah, yeah Write Room you, for you, the-
1: you've got to hold out for the sales because they everything comes on sale eventually. Uh, when they, when yeah. they stop selling a lot of them, they'll reduce them. So, uh, but look, that, that's just my experience. And um, sorry to uh, any, you know, specifically uh, non-iPad users and so forth for going on about that. But I, I felt it was a, a good topic to... Um, to hit on, you know, what we're trying to do with, you know, something that just really, I want to say, isn't really designed to do what we're we're doing with it. And I, I think, you know, the different press conferences, even, you know, the Apple CEOs and so forth have, have often said that, you know, it's, we're amazed at what the developer community is actually producing and releasing. We never had envisaged that this device would do that. Um And as I said originally when we first started this, I feel that there's evolution in the portable systems um, and the way that they're moving forward. I don't feel it's in the desktop. I don't feel it's in the desktop operating systems. I may be wrong I'm sure people are going to shit me down for it. But I I just don't (laughs) feel like they've changed in 10 years, if that makes sense. It's still mouse and keyboard input. It's still, you know, this this big hunk of, you know, metal sitting on your desk. You know, it's... Of course, you know I'm going, you know, to one extreme, but just nothing's changed. Um,
2: well, you know, I I won't disagree with you there. It, a lot of things haven't changed, but um, I still, it, you know, and and I'm a bit old-fashioned. In this, I mean, um, we we've had that discussion. All jokes aside, about how far back I go in computing mm-hmm. history, and and I actually using computers that you only kind of read about, sort of thing, or were coming in towards the end of as they were changing out, but I, I still like the desktop. But I like the portable. I like to be portable when I can be portable. So if I can find that ultimate portable device, whether it's the iPad, which like you, I thought was a uh, purely a consumption device, and I was okay with it that way. But you know, if I can turn it into a production tool where I can make use of it when I'm moving around and and you know doing work that way, then so much the better. Um, and I'll be good with it. But I can't see me ever completely giving up a desktop. I know that sounds old fashioned. I love the big screens that I have. I you, you know, we've had that discussion before. I sit here in front of three screens because I spread stuff out. I'm not um I'm not too distracted. I can I can focus on things. The only thing that'll you usually draw my eye away sometimes is is Twitter? If I really have to focus, Twitter is the one app I will kill, um, because I it's it's like a river of information going by, and and I can't get enough of it. So I, I that's the one thing when I need to focus, I will kill Twitter. Yeah. Um, but even with all the other windows, I can really work. Wonders when I'm sitting here multitasking like that and Mm -hmm. working across OS's, even and working across multiple windows and monitors. So, yeah,
1: I I can't do that. I I give you credit for being able to do that because that would be just way too distracting for me. Um, I've got to dumb down what I do to then concentrate. And, um, you know, I I don't know, maybe it's a form of ADD, ADHD that's (laughs) never been really diagnosed, but. You know, I just have to really focus and, um, you know, no, I, I don't I, think it, I, I would have said the exact same thing that I'd never see myself going purely for a portable platform like iOS, a portable operating system. But you know, all they need to do now is really get the Skype recording onto iOS and the ability to record video from the, uh, the screen on iOS and, uh, yeah, you know, besides writing about the Mac, um, I probably wouldn't really use one. So, uh, that's how much it's changing for me anyway. You know, it's not, yeah. my, my use case is certainly not going to be everyone's, um, you know, just as other people. I, I know other people who don't even have the first generation iPad. They don't have one at all. Uh, they, uh, I think, uh, John F. Braun doesn't have one at all. And I was absolutely amazed. He's got his iPhone. He loves it. He's got his Mac and of course, Ben, on the Mac geek gap, He absolutely loves it. Um, but he just hasn't found a, a need or a niche to get the iPad. And, um, that's cool, you know, and that's what makes us all unique because we can, you know, talk about what we love and, um, maybe influence others. Maybe not sometimes.
2: Well, we wouldn't be geeks if we didn't take devices and push them to their limits and and try to see what we can do without them. I mean, I've talked a little bit about and I'm anxiously awaiting the delivery of my Raspberry Pi and I'm really going to push that to the limits of what I can what I think I can do with it and, you know, how I can use it. And, and mm-hmm. it's the same idea as what you're talking about with um with your with your iPad. If I can take that Raspberry Pi and I can basically turn that into a very workable and usable computer which I'm pretty sure I can completely uh and it becomes the main computer for uh some of my kids you know I mean that means I can just set a monitor on a desk stick the raspberry pi to the back of the monitor per se and that's you you've got you know a, an all-in-one computer for the for what a hundred and fifty bucks, if say if I bought a nineteen inch or twenty inch monitor and thirty five dollars for the Raspberry Pi and maybe ten dollars for a keyboard, man where else can you get an all in one computer for Absolutely. brand new yeah a hundred and fifty dollars
1: definitely, and you know you, you've just got to look at it we we no longer need to spend thousands of dollars to get stuff done you know it yes you can spend money and get stuff done on a a machine that's, you know, fully tricked out and, and does everything. Or you can just compromise in certain ways and say, well, you know, if this gets most of what I need to get done, done, then you know what? I can hold off upgrading my current desktop machine for another year or another two years. Um, rather than going, Oh man, this is getting a little bit slow. I wish I had something faster, but you know, if, if, all these other things come out that we can actually utilize why not
2: yeah i mean we're geeks we're going to push things to the limit we we're always trying new things that's how we discover that's how we um how we push push the limits and take our friends with us you know to to bring it all before <laughs> you would not have gotten This far with this, if you hadn't been nudged by somebody else. Absolutely. Admittedly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If Scott didn't recommend all these apps to me, and if he hadn't constantly been on, you know, discussing with me on Twitter, discussing when we do the shows, even when we have Skype conversations, about how little he uses his Mac in comparison to he does everything on the iPad. You know, seriously, I thought he was cuckoo, you know. (laughs) I'm well, that, that's, a different, that's a different that discussion. <laughs>
2: that that's a different discussion. That has nothing to do with what we're talking <laughs> about right now. And send feedback to every, to a geekiest show ever. My <laughs> uh um, No, I mean it, it is the essence of a geek to you know and it's it's not, and it's not just computers. It's it's anything that we take and repurpose to a different purpose and push that envelope. We are always pushing the envelopes. I think that's that's one of those things that makes a person a geek. You push things to the limit to see what you can do.
1: Yeah. I, it's definitely I, I mean, a use it for another purpose that it was never designed for, and if it works, then gloat about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that, that's my view as well.
2: That, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love the site. I, I don't think it's any secret. I love the site Lifehacker, and I love to see when people take things and repurpose them and completely do something different. Um, in, In that vein, I saw something the other day where, you know, we've all hammered a nail into the wall when we've been trying to put up a picture or something like that. And unless you're an expert carpenter, and even then you probably have, you've probably banged your thumb or your finger with a hammer, said a few choice words, and then continued on. Well, I saw an idea and here it is. Here's the geek and somebody coming out. Take a regular comb, pocket comb, I don't care what it is, a hair comb, whatever you use. Stick the nail in between the teeth of the comb and use that to hold the nail while you hammer it. You miss, you got something that protects the wall to some extent, and you drive it in. But the geek in somebody made them think of putting a nail in between the teeth of the comb and using that to hold the nail while you pound it in. Mm -hmm. Now, how much more geeky can you be than that? I mean, that's the true essence (laughs) of being a geek really
1: indeed well now that we've geeked out everyone let's just have a, a final little chat for today on uh, I, I guess what's coming up in e3 this week because it is e3 week and unfortunately we're co- we're mark's not talking properly but if he does he can tell you that e3 is not you know in full swing yet there's a lot of sort of pre-announced stuff that's coming out and so forth you know, there's rumors flying all over the place. God, it's like the Macintosh world all over again. Um, oh, yeah. Probably why I like it. But, <laughs> 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 um, you, you know, what? what's quite amazing, let's just hit on the Nintendo stuff, because, and, and we'll hit on Sony and Xbox next week, because I haven't really... Um, not been in the Sony camp anymore. I don't really care that much. And, you know what? I, uh, I was thinking of po- buying a Vita, and every time Tim comes on TechFan, he just keeps talking about how crap it is and how no games are on there. <laughs> and I agree with him. But the problem is he makes me not want to go and buy that piece of gear. So thank you, Tim, for not making me buy the gear. I don't know. My wife is happy. I'm not happy, though. <laughs> I want the gear. But I, I totally agree. If there's crap games, then why bother? And, you know, one thing, uh, you know, I'm a, a big tennis fan of the tennis games. I just love playing them. And Virtua Tennis uh, came out on... Uh, Vita. And then Virtual Tennis Challenge, which is very similar, uh, came out on iOS. And the iOS version was a tenth of the price of the Vita version. And, you know, I've been playing it, and it plays on the iPad, it plays on the iPhone, and it's bloody nice. It's not bad at all. Um, and I've played the Vita version in store, and it's not that much better. <laughs> you know, yes, there's licensed players and so forth, but is it really worth 10 times the price to actually purchase it i don't think it is so um yeah the playstation i i don't know at the moment i'm just not that that keen um i think ever since they had the security breach last year i've just been you know somewhat ho-hum over them and that security breach could happen to any company could happen to apple i love apple could happen to them um, security oh, yeah. is only as good as the people who implement it and then the people who, uh, you know, patch it. So um, until well, you know, as mas- as- until as- machines and computers can fix themselves, um, we've got to rely on mankind to do the job properly.
2: Well, as Bart Bouchot says, it's always that soft, squishy bit in between the computer that makes the problems. <laughs> so uh,
1: Yeah, I love that term. Uh, I do too. So, and anyway we'll talk about the the two others but we we'll, we'll talk about Nintendo now supposedly they're not going to really release too much about the 3ds which is a bit of a shame because I'm a 3ds user and fan uh, but as long as there's a couple of new games in the pipeline that'll make me happy uh, but the the biggest thing is the Wii U and the way that they're actually um, you know developing that we saw that last year at e3 those sort of you know uh, showed it off where it was this controller and it had a screen on it and it was you know, almost like you know have a an android iphone device and then have control buttons on the side and you know pretty nifty device and then they've also announced a, a Wii U Pro controller that looks extraordinarily similar to an, an Xbox 360 controller i swear they're going to be sued
2: oh, for that one. I know and it, it i saw that i was looking at that and I'm going wow could they have gotten any closer without actually just sticking that little green X uh, X logo on the thing. <laughs> no,
1: it, it Look, it looks beautiful. It looks very sleek, but it is so Xbox 360, it's not funny. Um, but, you know, they're doing some really interesting things with the way that you can actually communicate in games. And, you know, this is just from me watching a, a sort of press announcement uh, quickly yesterday. But what you can do is you can be playing a game And then you can switch across to the social side of it, and then you can post, oh, you know, um, having trouble with this section, you know, directly from within the Wii U. And you can actually type it on the screen and everything. And then it posts up to, you know, different online forums. I don't know if Nintendo's going to host those forums or if they're going to be third-party forums. I'd say being Nintendo and, you know, looking at the younger audience, they'll probably host that kind of forum so that they can make sure that there's no issues. But that dynamic in, in gaming is just really, really cool. You know, yes, you've got, you know, chat windows that you can pop up now in in games and you've got, um, you know, voice chat and so forth that you can have as well. But th- I don't know if you've ever seen the little keypad that came with, like, the PlayStation 3 that you could type the messages in. Oh,
2: it's uh, absolutely...
1: Yeah. It, it, it's like a uh, a Palm or a BlackBerry little keyboard and... Uh, It's just crap. I mean, everything's on-screen controls, and, um, you know, I I also love the way that you can take this new Wii U controller, which they're now calling the Wii U GamePad, and, you know, say, for instance, my kids would love this. You know, I come in, and I want to turn on the TV, and I want to watch something, but they're playing a game, and I've got to tell them to turn it off so I can watch the TV. We're a one-TV household. And, um, so they can't keep playing, but with some of the games, and this is going to be dependent on the developers to do it, but they'll be able to actually keep playing the game on the Wii U GamePad screen.
2: Yeah. Move it down to there. Yeah. Move it down there. And then they can, uh, if, if the content works on that, that on that smaller screen, I think is one of the caveats that they have in it.
1: Yes, it, it's not going to be a definite across all the games. Uh, they have showcased... Uh, I'm fairly sure they've showcased a, a Super Mario Bros. Um, title, which, you know, you'd expect their first-party titles, Zelda, Super Mario, Star Fox, etc., et to actually support that. But that is friggin' cool technology. You know, that, hands down... It's just, nothing else is out there currently in the market to to do that. Now, it'll be interesting to see if Sony and, and Microsoft do anything. You know, of course, they came out, you know, initially when the, the Wii came out with the wand and, and everyone was throwing their arms around to control the, the game on the screen. They said, ah, oh, you know, gamers really want game pads. And then, you know, Sony released their... Their um, you know, competitor for the the you know Wii controller style. I forget what they called called it now with the little light bulb that I don't know looked too much like a dildo to me. Um, <laughs> and and then you know Microsoft just wanted people to jump around in front of the screen and look like they were spastic. So you know <laughs> they they basically yeah, was- they basically turned face and said. Well, you know, yeah, maybe pro gamers don't want that style of gameplay, but, jeez, we're, we're missing out on a family market. Here we're missing out on a casual market. And, you know, if I look at iOS and Android at the moment, they're at the same sort of area where it's so promising. They're very good at the smaller style games, the, the short pick-up play for a few minutes. But what I really want to see is I want to see an Android device, or I want to see my iPhone. I want to take my iPhone, get a A title, have it stream through the Apple TV, be playing it on the big screen TV, and, and my controller is the iPhone. And, uh, you know, that's what I want to see. You know, Nintendo's coming out with technology that, you know, basically does this kind of thing. Um, you know, it has the full integration backwards and forwards. And, you know, I, I just, please, Apple, you know, Android, copy it. <laughs> you know, it works. It looks fantastic. <laughs> you know, one, one video that's been shown around a lot in the last year is like a Tiger Woods golfing game where you put the, the Wii U gamepad down on the floor. You take your traditional wand uh, Wii controller and you actually see the ball on the screen oh. of the gamepad and then you swing and you hit it and you get the effect of hitting it like out of the the um, sand and then it goes up and it goes onto the screen and, uh, absolutely amazing incredible technology the other thing that really really interests me as well was the ability to play like a, say for instance a um, a, ba- a game of baseball and you're the pitcher and having two different views you know which, therefore, allows you to really, you know, play well with two different people, because one per- who, Who's ever batting can see their, their character there and can get ready to actually bat and swim, and then the guy who's actually pitching can look at the, the game pad uh, and actually then determine how they're actually going to pitch the ball. And it's just this kind of thing. You know, Nintendo's never been bleeding edge graphically or processor-wise, but... Boy, they get innovation right. They just hit innovation out of the park every single time. And that's what we want. We, I don't give a crap about high-quality graphics. Is the game fun. If it's not fun, yeah, it's, I don't want to play it. It I've, is I've, the I've gameplay. Played some, I've played some porkers on the PlayStation 3. Oh, boy, have I played yeah. some porkers. That, some of them are absolutely shocking. Admittedly, some of my favorite games have been on that platform. But, you know, the, there's a lot of uh, crap where... Uh, mixed in, you know. Of course, the Wii's got a lot of crapware too. You know, you've got to siphon through every platform will have it. But there's just Nintendo comes the- out and and says, "Hey, you know, we think differently. Very Appleish." Um, and that's the kind of thing I like. You know, so if Sony and Microsoft can't compete and come near it, I hope they go out of business. Um, you know, because they're pointless. <laughs> they're, really, the- Kevin? They're, the- they're pointless if they can't innovate. Um, you know, who needs? you know, Blu-ray capabilities. It's nice to have it all included, but, you know, it's a gaming system, and Nintendo just hits it out of the park every time. You can't even play DVDs, uh, again, on the Wii U. It's just going to be solidly gaming. You know, they concentrate on what they're good at, and then they they go down that track, and, um, I, I just hope that we see, you know, all devices end up going down this route. Um, and and oh, I, I, this kind of technology built in. But the other thing, too, is it's actually got a little video camera on there, and, and you can use the system to actually um, video conference with people, which is really cool. Um, and, oh, one, one other feature that I saw, which I thought was um, quite good, is actually a universal remote control. So the Wii U gamepad is actually a universal remote control so that you no longer need... You know, three different remotes to control the sound system. You know the and and the uh, the TV and, and then you know, of course, your game controller. You just use the game pad, and it's like, thank God, someone was using their brain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I the the Wii is the Wii is you know, it's the current console. It's the most current console that I have, and I absolutely love it. I still have my old original Xbox, and we still play that quite a bit as well when we play games but it is the gameplay. It truly is the gameplay. I don't care, uh, high quality graphics, you know, maybe for people that are really into first person shooters, uh, maybe that's more important and, no, but it's I'd, not I'd for me. Say,
1: I'd, I'd say accuracy is more in, important. I, um, you know, I, I can still go back and, and play, you know, Call of Duty, uh, one and, and two, um, and really, really enjoy it and dig it. And it's just because I love the control scheme. Um, you know they're older games the graphics are not there they're not even comparable to today's graphics but because the controls are good i don't care that the graphics are you know substandard by today's uh technology and and progress i'm just really happy that um that that it's enjoyable that's really what i want so uh no, Nin- yeah, Nintendo just does a, an absolutely great job. At, you know, th- their biggest failing will be if they screw up the release lineup. Uh, but certainly Ubisoft is going all out, and uh, they've announced that they're releasing Assassin's Creed uh, 3, I believe. That's 3 for it. Avengers, Just Dance, Rayman... Uh, rabbits and zombies and some other stuff. So <laughs> Ubisoft is always one that, you know, releases everything as soon as the new console is released. Hopefully they're not as bad as when the original Wii was released because, yeah, some of their games when it was... Um, what was it? Um, Far Cry on the Wii. That gave me the shits back in 2007. Actually, probably 2008, <laughs> early 2008. That uh, Great game. Really good use of, of the new control scheme. But there was a section where you were in the jungle. And okay, I know that game, 90% of it, you're in the jungle. But, you know, there was one section where it, it was basically a game ending fault. You just couldn't get past to the next section. You could see it, but it just wouldn't go. So I, I kept playing, 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 playing. I eventually got past it, but it took me weeks um, to just figure out how, okay... It's broken, but let's see if we can figure out, you know, how they screwed it up. And I was able to get through it and finish the game. Um, yeah, but, you know, some, sometimes they release the games too quickly at launch. And I think that's what also makes uh, game systems and game platforms bad. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Tim would agree with me uh, with the PlayStation Vita. Uh, you know, the, some of the big name titles came out. Wow, well, you know, ch- check out what they've got. It. They look good. But then if the quality's not there and if they've rushed it to market, then it's going to be crappy anyway. Um, A
2: good game system does not make up for crappy gameplay, whether it's the the controllers or the graphics or both.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, you need a good combination. And look, you know, I'm, I'm talking about what the Wii U is without having ever, you know, seen it in real life or used it yet. And, um... You know, based on what I see, I'm impressed. If it works the same way that they're showcasing, it's going to be absolutely brilliant and wipe... Seriously, in my opinion, wipe Sony and Microsoft off the face of the earth. Um, You know, hardcore gamers are going to definitely disagree with me. But you know what, hardcore gamers? They've now got the Wii U Pro controller that looks like a Microsoft Xbox 360, so go suck on that, you know. You'll be able to play... (laughs) you high-quality, you know, shooters and so forth on that platform. So, you know, anyway, my opinions, someone will complain and whinge that I've pissed them off or, you know, said something wrong again this week.
2: No, nobody complains or winches at us. Never, never, <laughs> never
1: happens. Only Occasionally. <laughs> So, uh, and anyway, look, next week we'll talk more about E3 and the actual announcements. These are just some of the early announcements that have come out. We'll certainly talk about what Sony's uh, brought to the table and what Xbox has. Um, and, you know, in their life cycles, they've got to start showing off the next home entertainment system. Um, you know, maybe not for an immediate release this next 12 months, but similar to Nintendo, showing it off last year. We're going to show it off more polished this year and then we're going to release it this year so they need to sort of uh, get in now um you know sony's very much for this 10 year life cycle um on their equipment and i'll tell you straight if they keep that playstation vita around for 10 years that's going to be the biggest hunk of junk you've ever seen you know technology <laughs> is moving so much quicker um you know you look at it now and okay it's superior to say an iphone for instance um today But the iPhone updates every single year, whereas the the Vita doesn't. You know, if they keep the same technology like they did with the original PlayStation portable, which I absolutely adored, but if they keep that for the same length of time, it's just going to be a heap of junk. And then developers aren't going to develop on it. Um, You know, developers will go for, you know, number one, what sells, but also, you know, what they can do. And if new systems come out with new features, they're going to go there. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think really they, they've they got to get their heads out of their asses and start refreshing <laughs> their equipment more. I mean, you you look at the PlayStation 3, that came out in, I want to say, 06, because it was before the, the Wii, I'm pretty sure. So,
2: yeah, it was before the Wii. I can't remember how far, but yeah, it was. You know,
1: that, that thing is long in the bloody tooth. Okay, developers are still pushing it to its limits. They're still learning new ways to actually code and and uh, and get stuff going but it's old you know it's like they, I don't know what they can do you know the problem with TV systems is the televisions aren't you know going to really go past 1080p anytime soon in my opinion the reason why I believe that is because no one's going to fork out the money that's required on the higher def screens when they come out and even when they do If So many people, you know, a lot of people just aren't going to see the benefit of anything higher than 1080p. Uh, You know, you look at the new iPad, for instance, it's higher resolution than 1080p. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but there's not really any content natively to support it, you know, unless it's created. Certainly no uh, video content uh, that's available out there natively. So, you know, if, if. you know the the common thing is TV is mainly used for video. It's mainly used for watching TV. You know if that delivery isn't you know going any higher than 1080p, then no one's going to support the platform. You know it's um, yeah
2: they 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 do need to do that to make it uh, worthwhile for somebody to want to go. But the costs that they're talking about right now for these TVs that go beyond 1080p. It's astronomical, considering the 1080p televisions are just now coming down to what I personally consider affordable for the average person. I'm not having a frickin' TV payment the same size as my damn car payment. I'm sorry, that just seems ridiculous to me, because there's nothing but shit on most of the television stations anyway.
1: Isn't that true? And you know what, I I was out uh, shopping over the weekend and uh, saw this beautiful new Panasonic screen. It was $3,500 in value, mind you. But it was playing uh, transformers 3 um, which is one of my favorite movies and I gotta tell you that that was that was cream in the duds kind of thing right there Kevin it was um, just absolutely amazing at how much quality how much you know depth was in that picture this isn't 3d either this was just 2d how much sharpness just the color it was like oh my god God, that is absolutely bloody amazing. And it was just Blu-ray quality. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, you know, TV technology is good, but you know, the human eye can only see so much at the end of the days. So we'll see where and it depending,
2: goes. And depending on how many beers or glasses <laughs> of uh, wine or shardy, it, it, it's going to look like, it, it's not going to give it even less good or be less quality picture than uh, it was uh, beforehand anyway. So, yeah, so, yeah I...
1: All interest in where it'll go, but um, yeah, the, the gaming platform makers, uh, they, they've got to do something or they're going to die. You know, recently, uh, my local uh, game retailer, which is, you know, actually called Game, um, you know, they uh, closed down their, their local store and they've actually gone into receivership out here in Australia and they went into receivership, the parent company in the UK, uh, a couple of months back, maybe three months ago or so. And what it comes down to is, in Australia, we're we're doing a lot of importing because it's actually cheaper to import the games than it is to actually purchase them at retail level. Um, But more predominantly, what I'm seeing happen is that, you know, people who I knew years ago would previously buy these gaming systems, be prepared to spend $100 on the latest game, they've now got an iPad, an iPhone, an Android device, and they're spending two dollars on a game that they're getting just as much enjoyment if not more out of. So, you know, these big companies, Sony Microsoft, Nintendo, they've really got to, you know, innovate constantly. Like Nintendo's doing with the Wii U to get the gamers saying, hey, that's an experience I can't get over here. You know? It's it's just one of those things. You know, one one of the games that I'm reviewing at the moment is Nova 3. And I'm reviewing that on the iPad, but it's also available on Android. I've got to tell you, that thing is absolutely mind-blowing. For a first-person shooter on a portable uh, system, wow. I mean, Gameloft has just knocked the ball out of the park. It does have a couple of little problems here and there uh, with just, you know, sort of weird loading things. You'll sort of go out on a platform, the platform will disappear, and you'll be looking down, and there's nothing there. But that could. Be oh, that happens about, in all games. That could be so about any game, absolutely. Yeah. But this Nova Three, it pushes the limits of what my iPad Two can actually do, and I, I look at that and I go, you know what? I've already got an iPad. I'm or, I'm always going to own an iPad because hey, I'm using it for content creation, and I also like being able to Twitter on it and an email and, and view the web and stuff like that, and. To buy it for $4.99 now, I must say I did get it for free. It is a reviewer's copy, um, but if you paid for it, it's only $4.99. And you know, it, why would you pay $50 for a game when you can pay five and just have so much enjoyment? You know, it's a oh, probably a six seven hour game. And it, it's just really enjoyable. Uh, quality is great. The graphics are wonderful. Uh, the voiceovers that they've put in is great. The story is written beautifully. It's even got multiplayer that you can play online. Um, you know, seriously, tell me why I need to go out and buy the next PlayStation, Xbox, or even the Wii U. It's, you know, it, it's one of those questions I'd be interested to hear from the listeners. Uh, to see what yeah, their would- opinion is. Um, So send us some feedback, uh, gsa at mymac.com. You know, have you been a gamer in the past and and now you're no longer playing, you know, PC games, you're no longer playing uh, television-based console games because maybe these portable devices in your life are giving you a different type of gameplay or even similar types of gameplay that's really, really enjoyable. You know, I'd love to hear your opinions. I'd love to hear people who are dead against the portable platforms and maybe say hey you know you uh, you can only really play a a proper game on a console or on the pc um it'd be good to see what type of feedback we'd get from that question kevin
2: yeah i would too i'm really interested i've moved over primarily to the console or to something like the ipad or my iphone or something like that so i'm interested in hearing what the other users have to say so
1: you know I, I haven't even from- got diablo 3 yet um and that that was one two years ago um you know, maybe three years ago when it was first starting to get announced and people getting really interested um because torchlight came out and, and torchlight is an absolutely great game if you can pick it up for the pc i think it's on the mac now as well uh, but just wonderful little uh, dungeon um sort of game very similar to diablo and at the time, it was like, you know, this is the best thing since Diablo 2. And then, of course, everyone was like, oh, wow, you know, Diablo 3, you know, can't wait for that. And I just haven't gone for it. It's just been one of those things that I, I now look at it and I go, is it on my iPad? Can I play it on my iPad? No. Yeah. Yeah. I won't bother. I'll, I'll just go without. Um <laughs> You know, I run Windows 7 on my Mac, so, you know, I could easily play it. I'm pretty sure it's it's capable of playing. Actually, I don't even need a Mac. What am I saying? Diablo 3 runs on... Don't even need a Mac. Oh, my God, Kevin. What am I talking about? <laughs> I don't even need uh, Windows 7 because it, it will run on the Mac. Um, Blizzard is, is extraordinarily good at, at having you know mac clients as well as windows clients are uh, to support their games they're one of the best companies for doing that they realize that yes people on a mac do actually want to play games you know we just don't need all the shit that's out there that windows has anyway that'll piss off a <laughs> few more people um <laughs> but yeah yeah you know um i, I haven't gone for that just purely uh, i really look at it at the price level and i go you know, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to play it for a while, but am I going to play it like I played Diablo 2? You know, am I going to play it for hours, days, and weeks on end? Or is it going to be played for a few hours, and then, you know, I've got a family now, and and then it's like, uh, I've got to go back to it. You know, it's hard to commit 30, 40 hours to, you know, a a big title game like this, um, and actually get your money's worth, really.
2: Yeah, I, I know the feeling, that's why I've stayed away from a lot of them to, at this point I prefer the quick 5 minute games that I can pick up, play for a little bit and then, Or maybe 15, 20 minute, whatever little increments you have to do that So well, that's with, where I stand to stay
1: Yeah, even with bigger, you know, more uh, featured games Like, you know, just discussing Nova 3 uh, You know, it's hours in length, but, you know it's pick up and play it's you know you got your ipad with you you got your iphone with you you got your android device with you when you're out and about you can pick up it play it for a couple of minutes and you know it'll save throughout the game you know different checkpoints and the checkpoints are actually reasonably spaced apart at you know two or three minutes of gameplay and then a checkpoint so you're not playing for 20 minutes and then out of nowhere it's um you know oh, whoops, you know, I can't save the data. It, it just saves for you. Um, so you look at that, and, it, you know, if you can take it with you, that's what I want. You know, it's um, all, all they need, and, and I don't, you know, Android needs to somehow work out how to how to integrate it with, with set-top boxes and stuff. Um, you know, Apple's, of course, got the Apple TV. All they need to do... Is really make it easy and make it really work well for games to support the the feature of being able to play on the big screen TV and the controller is the device. I think um, that's the future of gaming and, and that's what I'd personally like to see.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's where I think that's where it's all headed and it's how they're all going to get there and who's going to come up with the killer way the killer way to do it. And I think uh, Nintendo has a big leap on everybody right now as far as that goes.
1: Definitely. And on that note, Kevin, we better take a big leap and uh, see if you can get back to Earth by next week from the dark side of the moon. And um, (laughs) just in case you can't, let's let's tell people where they can find you in outer space, shall we?
2: Yeah, in, in, in the outer reaches of the universe... You can always find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or you can go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and find links to the other things I do and participate in.
1: Fantastic. And for anything relating to me, simply go across to everydaymacsupport.com. And if you have any feedback on this episode or any of the episodes that we've recorded, simply send an email to gse at mymac.com. Well, thank you to everyone who has subscribed and put up with us for yet again another week. Until next week, take care.
2: And don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek.
0: All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suzé Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon, and my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about pocket-sized podcast at pocketsizedpodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river.